السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته بسم الله والصلاة والسلام على رسول الله اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد كما صليت على إبراهيم وعلى آل إبراهيم إنك حميد مجيد اللهم ألهمنا مراشد أمورنا وأعذنا من شرور أنفسنا أما بعد فقد قال الله تبارك وتعالى بعد أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم يا أيها النبي إنا أرسلناك إنا أرسلناك شاهدا ومبشرا ونذيرا وداعيا إلى الله بإذنه وسراجا منيرا صدق الله العظيم Allah Tabarak Tala has described Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and Allah Tabarak Tala has described the book that Allah's Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam brought. Both of it was unique in its nature that they were both independent of having anyone they needed to protect them. When the Quran came, a man who's, who memorizes the Quran, he is called a Hafiz. Hafiz is a protector. But the entire world knows that no one has ever protected the Qur'an. Rather the Qur'an protects itself and it has protected whoever stood up to protect it. Whatever had relationship with Almighty Allah, it showed its independence. The Kaaba is that house when Abraha attacked. It was a message for the world, we don't need your help. But it was an honor Allah was going to give to this Ummah. So when the army of Abraha came, at that time there was still no Islam. Abdul Muttalib saw the army of Abraha. Abraha heard of his coming. He honored him. Abdul Muttalib was a known man. When he walked into that assembly of Abraha, despite the power of Abraha, he got overtaken with that awe. And he moved and he made space for him. He thought that Abdul Muttalib would speak about the Kaaba would intercede, would ask him to forget what he is thinking of doing. Abdul Muttalib came and said that some of your men on the way, they took away my animals. So I want my animals back. Abraha looked and said, the way your face shows that you are a man of great honor. I am coming to take your Kaaba and you are asking about your animal. Abdul Muttalib said, I am the owner of my animals and the Kaaba got its owner. I will look after my animals and the Kaaba will look after, the Rabb of the Kaaba will look after the Kaaba. Abraha gave him the animals for him, was what was the animal? At that time there was no Ummah. Had there been an Ummah, Allah would have given them the honor, stand up for the Kaaba. In the end of the day, the Kaaba would have protected itself. But some would get the honor of dying for the Kaaba. And some would get the honor of living, but they said, I fought for the Kaaba. Allah Tawarukullah sent birds and he sent them with very small pebbles. And as those pebbles hit Allah Tawarukullah announced, Alam Tarakaifa Fa'ala Rabbuka Biyashabil Feel. Did you not see what your Allah did with them? Alam Yajal Kaidahum fi Tadlil. All their plans and how it turned upside down. When the pebble went, it went through the rider and the thing on which he rode. Through the rider and the thing on which he rode. 
They said the front of that elephant was an elephant called Mahmud. Mahmud stopped. They hit it. It would not move. It wanted to go in the other direction, it would go. They turned it in the other, it would go. Towards the Kaaba, it does not want to go to say, even the animal told man, that you're going to destroy yourself, you're going to destroy us also. The pebble went through the rider and the one on what was the huge elephant. All the way from Abyssinia, elephants were sent to destroy the Kaaba. Allah gave honor to the bird and to the pebble that the bird This was very soon, very close to before the period of the birth of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Allah's Nabi was now going to come in the world. How he was going to come, how he was going to take over, how he was going to shine. We will mention a few points, but just before we touch that, to end this point. As the Kaaba on that day protected itself, it never needed the bird. But Almighty Allah wanted to give an honor to the bird. Otherwise there was no need for the bird and the pebble of the bird. One slap of the angel Jibrail and it was all done. One tremor of the earth and it was all done. One scream and it was all done. One wind and it was all done. It had happened enough. Almighty Allah used the weakest of the weak to show that the deen does not need anyone to protect it. But as an honor, Allah's Nabi Sallallahu came in the world. When he entered Medina Munawwara, just before that on the plains of Hajj, he would go to tent after tent and say to the people, that who will give a guarantee that he will look after me? And I will give him the guarantee of paradise. There was one tribe he found, they even said to him, we will protect you on all the enemy, on the one side. But on the other side, we got a truce with them. Allah's Nabi said, no one can take a Nabi home, except who is ready to protect him from all sides. He said, but you have been truthful in your talk, don't worry. He went looking for protection, but he was not dying for protection. Had a person been a beggar of protection, you'll say half a loaf is better than none. He said, we'll protect you from the one side, the Romans, but with the Persians, we got a problem. He said, no one can take the Nabi except he who is ready to protect him from every side. He goes to Medina Munawara. He has taken a promise from them. That they will protect him more than they protect their lives, their wives, their children, their wealth. They asked, what will we get for it? He said, walakal jannah. I will offer you paradise. They said, the deal is done. And they loved up to it. They were known as the Ansar. وَمِنُهُمْ مَنْ عَاهَدَ اللَّهِ تَبَارُكَ said, فَمِنُهُمْ مَنْ قَضَى نَحْبَ وَمِنُهُمْ مَنْ يَنْتَظِرْ When battles took place, how they stood... While standing in defense, the thought went to them, the respect of my Nabi is such, at the time of a battle, you never think of respect. They even during the battle thought of respect. One Sahabi was standing, and as that arrows were coming, he had to stand in front and protect. As he stood in front, a thought went, that how can I allow my back to face the Mubarak face of the Rasul of Allah, sallallahu alayhi wa So he turned around. 
If you're not facing the arrow, you can't put up your shield. But he was not bothered, let the arrow hit my back. But that level of respect that he went to. Allah's Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, when he entered Medina Munawwara, because of the many Jews that were around, every night there was a fear. Every night. That someone will come to the tent, make an attack, and that's like the end. Every night there was. The author of Qasida Burda writes, that why did Allah's Nabi when he went for the hijrah, he could have taken an army with him as a leader normally goes. Manamam he would have done to tell Umar and Hamza radiallahu anhumah, you'll be with me. On the journey of hijrah, which is the most dangerous of journeys, if I don't have 50 to protect, at least I got a jamaat of 10. But he said to Umar radiallahu anhu, go. Hamza radiallahu anhu, go. He sent one after the other, one after the other. Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu came and he said, permission to make the hijrah. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa said, hold on. Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu said, I got the, I got thrilled, I got happy that maybe I will be his companion. He said, oh Allah's Nabi Suhba, that have I been given the chance to be your companion? But when they went on the journey, the author of Qasida Burda writes that Allah's Nabi Sallallahu did not put on double armor also. He went as the normal traveler. As a normal traveler, he says when that spider made its web and when that bird laid the egg by the cave, he says when those people came and saw that web and that egg, they said there's no way someone could be in the cave. Why did Allah put the bird and the web? Where was the Umar and the Hamza? Radiallahu anhumah. A message was given to the world that Allah's Nabi doesn't need you. Allah Tawartullah later on after a battle will make this announcement. لَقَدْ نَسَرَكُمُ اللَّهُ فِي مَوَاطِنَ كَثِيرًا That remember Allah helped His Nabi in many times. Allah Tawartullah says Allah helped His Nabi when there was no one there. It was only two in the cave. And from the two also, Abu Bakr did not go as a protection, he went as a companion. From the two also, Abu Bakr got worried that the enemy are so close, if they just look down, they will see us. Allah's Nabi said, why are you worrying? It is the two of us and Allah is the third. If يَقُولُ لِصَاحِبِهِ لَا تَحْزَنْ he said, oh, relax, don't worry. Inna Allah ma'ana. Abu Bakr radiallahu the day he became Khalifa, the first 40 days of his Khilafat was the hardest perhaps which the world would ever see. Arabs around were becoming murtad. There was the fear of the Romans and the Persians launching an attack. He needed to keep the army with him, but he wanted to send it out because Nabi Sallallahu had tied a flag already. He sent out the army of Usama bin Zaid which had the best of soldiers. Medina Munawwara was like empty. Arab tribes were coming to see who's in Medina. They came there, they were making deals that we'll stay on Iman but no zakat. We don't want to pay zakat. As they were looking around, they were seeing no one. Abu Bakr could see death in their eyes. That they're going to go back to their leader and say there's no one in Medina. If you want to launch the attack, launch it now. Abu Bakr radiallahu himself at the age of 60 is on one animal. 
another sahabis on another day chasing away the enemies at night. They are launching such attacks that the enemy thinks Medina is so well protected. But it was not easy because you don't know what's going to happen the next day. After 40 days, the army of Usama radiallahu returns to Medina. As they are returning now, every Arab tribe is talking of the strength of the Muslim ummah. That their Nabi just passed away and the army is sent out for the Romans. So when they were coming back, the people of Medina got calm now. The army is back. But one person approaches Abu Bakr radiallahu and says, that how did you survive these 40 days? Where every second there was a fear. The enemy would have loved to tear the wives of Allah's Nabi Sallallahu into pieces. Shaitan loves to take the honor of deen and the things of deen. Abu Bakr radiallahu said, From the day I spent time with Allah's Nabi Sallallahu in a cave. And he said to me, Don't worry, Allah is with us. He said, from that day, the word fear never settled on my heart. That's normal. Allah's Nabi Sallallahu enters Medina Munawara. Aisha radiallahu anha says, Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi one night he wakes up, he heard something. He said, oh Allah, make arrangements for one pious individual who will come and stand guard on the tent. Aisha radiallahu anha, she says, she hears some sound. Nabi Sallallahu says, who's there? A sahabi radiallahu anh, says, it's me, O Allah's Nabi. Most likely it was Saad bin Muad radiallahu anh. He says, it's me, O Allah's Nabi. And he smiles. He says, why have you come? He said, I came to protect you. Meaning a thought went in here. That Allah's Nabi is not safe. Aisha radiallahu anh, says, that night I heard Nabi sleep. And when he was sleeping, I even heard him snore. Meaning that while he was gone, someone is out. After a while, Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam one day opens up his tent. And Sahaba are standing guard because the Jews are all over. They're in Medina. The worst enemy is your neighbor. He opens his tent and he says, you can go now. Because a verse of Quran was revealed that Allah will now suffice. He says, go. From that day onwards, there was no guard after that. Although every fear was still there, there was no God. Allah's Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, sahaba radiallahu anh, say, when there was fear, as soon as they heard a sound, and they would rush to go see what happened, they would find the Nabi of Allah was already there. He said his horse was like the waters. There was the battle of Hunayn where the arrows were flying. Sahaba radiallahu anh, the Quran mentions that a slip took place. Everyone started running. Abbas radiallahu anh is holding the animal of Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He's trying to pull the animal back to get Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam away from the enemy. Because now the full attack is being launched. Allah's Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam pulls his animal back towards the enemy. Loudly he says, Ana Nabi la kadhib, Ana ibn Abdul Muttalib. I am the grandson of Abdul Muttalib. Forget that I am the Nabi of Allah. There's no lie in this year and he pushes himself front. Meaning he knew that not a single arrow was going to hit him. When that was his condition, what was the need of so many mujahids? What was the need of him saying, who will stand in my protection? The deen of Allah, the house of Allah, the book of Allah, the rasul of Allah, never needed a person to ever stand in his protection. Except as an honor for the individual. Except as an honor. 
فَمِنْهُمْ مَنْ قَضَى نَحْبَهُ وَمِنْهُمْ مَنْ يَنْتَظِرُ There are those who made a promise with Allah, we will look after your Nabi. Allah Tawarukuna says, some of them did it. And there are some that are still waiting. Sa'ad bin Mu'adh radiallahu anh was the leader of the Ansar, one tribe, the Aus. Musab ibn Umair comes to give da'wah. Sa'ad bin Mu'adh goes up, he wants to say, why have you come to our people? Sa'ad bin Mu'adh and what is known as the leader of the hypocrites, Abdullah bin Ubay bin Salul, are like brothers. Like brothers means brothers. Abdullah bin Ubay, the crown is ready for him to be the king of Medina. And then he gets the news of Allah's Nabi entering Medina Munawwara. So he is not happy at all. In the beginning, Allah's Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi when he enters Medina, his camel even goes in the direction of the house of Abdullah bin Ubay. Everyone else was desirous of getting the camel. As they're pulling it, Allah's Nabi is saying to them, leave my camel. It has been ordered, but it went all the way to Abdullah bin Ubay bin Salul. The camel came there, and he looked at Allah's Nabi Sallallahu and this wretched man said, that I never called you, why are you coming to me? Why don't you go to the people who called you? And then Nabi Sallallahu turned the camel. The camel went to him, the greatest honor if he wanted. Forget being the king of Medina, he would have been the king of the world. Greatest honor, he said, I never called you. Later on by force, he had to show up also accepting Islam. He couldn't remain. He was known as the leader of the hypocrite. But he was the brother of like brother, meaning brother, they were so close, so close. And then Saad bin Mu'az grew up with the Jews. Some of them were again like his brother, like brother. In the love of Allah's Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, however, he had to break brotherhood. Completely he broke it. He made a dua, he said, Oh Allah, let death not come to me. Until I am convinced that your Nabi will not be harmed from the people of Medina. What a dua he made. And he would live right till that day when the final threat of Medina was his own Jewish family. That family that he grew up and he was in and outward. They were put in a siege. From their side, they said, we will be ready to open up our doors on one condition. They said it. On one condition. Nabi Sallallahu said, whatever condition you want. They said, Saad bin Mu'az must make the decision, not you. The decision was already going to be severe, but they knew Saad bin Mu'az is our brother. Saad bin Mu'az radiallahu was injured. In the battle just before, he was injured. He saw the blood coming from the jugular vein, it was coming. Again his dua is, Oh Allah, as long as you not convince your Nabi is safe, do not let me die. What was this people? But the Nabi of Allah was always protected. It's an honor to stand up in the defense of a Nabi. It's an honor, not that the Nabi ever needed it, but as an honor for the one who stood up. What an honor! He said, I will let me not die until I am convinced that your Nabi is safe from the people around. The jugular vein is giving out bloody scalp. 
The Bible said, Saad bin Muaz will make a decision. He's our brother. He's my son. He grew up with me. When you have to make a decision against your father, in the end of the day, you will say, let's forgive them. Saad bin Muaz radiallahu anh comes, he makes a decision. He says, every person who is mature in this entire fort, every one male who is mature in this entire fort must be killed. He killed all his brothers. He said, every female and child must be taken as a slave. Allah's Nabi smiled and he said, the decision that Allah had written in the heavens came on your tongue. The Jews were shocked that you... He went back to rest. The decision was made as he was in his tent. Allah made the blood come out. That you wanted one honor in this world. That as long as you're not convinced your Nabi is safe, you must not die. We kept you till that last second. While he's in the tent, the blood comes. People who are outside the tent notice blood coming under the tent. They say our leader, he was the leader of the host, they run. Allah's Nabi Wasallam is at his janazah. At his janazah, he is on tiptoe. A sahabi asks, what is this way of your walking? He says, so many angels are at this janazah. I do not want my leg to touch the wing of an angel. Then he says, اِحْتَزَّ عَرْشُ الرَّحْمَانِ بِمَوْتِ سَعْدِ بْنِ مُعَذِ The arsh of Allah has shaken on the demise of Sa'd bin Mu'az. What made Sa'd bin Mu'az and what finished Abdullah bin Ubay bin Salul? Both of them were set to be the leader of Medina. Abdullah bin Ubay was given the crown already. They already had measured his head. What made the difference between the leader of the hypocrites and a man for whom the arsh of Allah shook? What was it? That one found a chance to be honored to stand in the defense of his Nabi, he grabbed it. And the other one said, I never called you. That why are you bringing this musibah in my life? Otherwise, Allah's Nabi did not need anyone in the world. It is the honor of the people of this world, Allah's honor for the people, that the Quran protects the reader, but the reader was called Hafizul Quran. You have protected the Quran. Allah in one verse said, That the real story is we are the protector. Who are you going to protect? As an honor to you, I'll give you the name. You, the Hafiz, man is Mahfuz. Whoever reads Quran gets saved. By reading Quran, he has never saved Quran. Whoever held on to the Nabi of Allah got saved. Whoever praised Allah's Nabi, he was praised. Allah's Nabi never needed his praise. Whoever stood up and he said, I will read some nazam in your honor. That man's nazam was played in the heavens. He got honor. As the poet said, that he was the best of all. In his honor, Allah made us the best of all nations. Otherwise, we did nothing. What an honor we got just to stand up in his defense. Whether the world hears us or does not hear us, whoever praised Allah's Nabi, he got the praise of Allah. Whoever sang his praises, whoever spoke of his praises, whoever wrote his praises, at a time when one plague hit a certain village, 
Ulama said, what must we do now to ask Allah to take out the plague? They were told, compile books on the seerah of the Rasul of Allah, sallallahu alayhi wasallam. He is that individual that where his name is taken, Allah's mercy will come down. Books, nizams, ash'ar, naqs were read. Wherever people found love of the Rasul of Allah, they found protection from all sides. This is the Nabi of Allah. It is an honor for me and you just to say, I also want to protect you. Otherwise, where can I protect? Hazrat Mawlana Abdul Hamid Sahib Dhamad Barakatuh many years ago gave this example. He said the time of the king of the time was Harun al-Rashid, the Khalif. A villager had heard some story that there are great droughts in Iraq and Iraq was known as Sawad. Sawad means the lush lands. What compared to the Arabian lands, this was like black it was called. Meaning so green were the trees. So he heard about it, that there is droughts. So he said, the poor Khalif, how he is going to manage no rain? But he was such a small farmer that when he heard drought, he thought if drought means... So he went to a nearby well and whatever water he could draw from the well, he pulled out. He said, I will do my share. He share, he drew out that water and he made the journey. What a journey he must have made when he reached there, where we will ever take that water. And he came with so much of honor like, then I'm also coming to help the Khalif. I got my water. So when he came there and he mentioned to the guards that I need to see the Khalif, I got a gift. So they looked at him and they saw the bucket. So he said, where's the gift? He said, it's this. They looked at it and wonder what a gift this is like. Maybe it's some holy water of one land. So the talk went, the Khalif heard about it, he called the person, he said, what brought you? He said, I heard of the droughts. I said, I'll do my share also, let me bring you some water. So he says, because he was a Khalif, he took that thing with honor. Honor he took it. And he told the people, give him a lot of hadaya, a lot of hadaya. But then he said to his minister, as you are going out, and escort him back home. But when you are escorting him, take him on that path which goes past the Tigris and the Euphrates rivers. Those rivers were known like oceans. Let him go there. As he will go there, he himself will realize that we took his water not because we needed his water, because we appreciated his effort. The thought was appreciated. And he said to the people, take this water and throw it in the royal garden. We're not just going to throw it away. Put it in the garden. No one will drink this water, but put it in the garden. Honor the man. Whoever spoke in the azmat of the Rasul of Allah, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, if he really thought he did justice, then Allah can also one day say to the angel, take him along the rivers. And as you will go through the rivers, perhaps you will see rivers of blood. And you will ask the angel, what's this blood? Oceans of blood. And the angel will say, you remember the time you cried in the love of your Nabi? This was the blood that was spilled in the love of your Nabi. You really thought today, wah, I cried, I cheered, I made others cry. He says, but even that Allah appreciated. And even that the Rasul of Allah appreciated. When we say, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, where does it ever raise his stage? It only brings for us more. There's one durood you read, Allahumma salli ala Muhammad, 
Look how small it is. Oh Allah, send salat on Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. That's your job. Then the durood comes, salatan, such a durood, tunji nabihi. That because of that durood, oh Allah, sort of my matters. Tunji nabiha min jami'il ahwali wal afat. Oh Allah, a lot of problems are coming, a lot of difficulties. With that one durood, save me. وَتَقْضِي بِهَا جَمِيعَ الْحَاجَاتِ All my needs fulfill it. وَتُطَحِّرُنَا بِهَا مِنْ جَمِيعِ السَّيَّاتِ Every evil I got purify me. وَتَرْفَعُنَا بِهَا أَعْلَى الدَّرَجَاتِ Take me to the highest of strangers. That same one durut. مِنْ جَمِيعِ الْخَيْرَاتِ فِي الْحَيَاتِ وَبَعْدَ الْمَمَاتِ If you normally go to one man and say, I got a hadiah for you. You're five rand. And the man says, you thought of me, thank you so much. And he says, uh, you know what, in lieu of the five rand, can you give me one of those things? And what about a little bit of that? And I'm sure you can give me a little of that. A time will come when the man will say, take your five rand back. One durood and you ask for the world. This is the honor of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam That he needed not the honor, not the praise, not the protection, not the standing, not the boycotting. Not the cries of anyone in the world. When Allah Tabarakala already put him on a stage, which the poet said, Fazul Arshi Mahmud, Wahada Muhammadu, that the honor, the zat of the Arsh is Mahmud, Allah, and this is Muhammad, praised in the heavens, praised in the earth, praised in the east and the west, north and the south, whether the world praised him or did not praise him, Warafa'ana Lakadikrat, we have already lifted you around. Above all, it's an honor for me and you. It is an honor. Now grab that honor. How must I and how you grab that honor? One is the first thing is what can I do? That has already been answered. That don't ever think what can I do because I can't do anything. I am not the soldier and no soldier has ever protected Islam. But I can say I want to go in the battle. I can say that. When that young sahabi was told, you have to go back, he started crying. Not because the army needs me, because I need to be in the army. So he cried. Me and you must hope, must desire, must put ourselves front, that can I also stand in your defense, O Nabi of Allah, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Then when the bird and the pebble of bird was accepted, Allah got his own system of accepting. But be ready to go front. Number two, what is the manner to go front? Allah's Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, this ayat which I read, وَسِرَاجًا munira. The Nabi of Allah has been described in Quran. The word siraj means chirag. Those that know Farsi and Urdu, chirag means like a lantern. But in the real Arabic language, siraj also has the meaning the sun. Qari Muhammad Tayyab sahab rahimullah wrote a book. Perhaps it was called Aftab Risala, The Son of Nubuwa. And he explained why did Almighty Allah not call Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa the sun. But why did he use a word for him which means like the sun. We call it like a lantern. A candle. More like a lantern. A lantern is that that you would place it in a crevice. So like how you have your shelves for the Qur'an, that shelf would be made. The lantern would be put inside. It would be called focused light. 
that the light would not go in every direction. It would go in the direction what is known as in front. This is called Siraj. In his book he writes that the light that Allah's Nabi spread in the world. So when he was born, month of Rabiul Awal, Abraha's army was destroyed. The entire world is in darkness. You have the Roman Empire, you got a Persian Empire, you got an Abyssinian Empire, you got an Egyptian Empire, you got it all, but every empire is an empire of Kufr. There is darkness in the entire world. A poet says, until that day whichever Nabi came, he served the purpose of being a star. Go and look tonight at the stars, you will understand the power of the star. No matter how dark it becomes, the star remains shining. Every Nabi in his era, he managed to shine even though the whole world of darkness fell on him. He shined. And whichever person wanted to find his way in the darkness, as the traveler and he says, I look at the star. Every Nabi was a star. But when the time came for the birth of Rasulullah now it was not another star. Now it was a sun that was going to rise. Me and you all know the meaning of the rising sun. As the sun comes to the horizon, it announces to the darkness that even if you put up a fight, you're not going to win. As I'm going to come higher, you are just going to disappear into the air. Allah's Nabi as he rose, every darkness disappeared. Today we only hear the word the Roman Empire because the Muslims wrote it in the books of history. You hear the word the Persian Empire because the books of history wrote it. You'll go in those lands and perhaps you will see one old monument. The old monument standing so strong but the empire collapsed to the ground. There is one place in Iraq which is known as the Iwan of Kisra. It was in the front of his courtyard. He put his army to make the most unique monument that the world knew of that era. It had no pillars. So it was a huge monument standing with no pillar. And its foundation was solid that you cannot believe. So much effort was made after that in history to bring it to the ground. It's still standing. Still standing. From that time, meaning 1,500 years, this would have been made much before that. Whenever it was put up 1,500 years, the thing is still standing. Iwan Kisra. At one time they tried to break it. One of the scholars told the leader of the Muslims, don't break it, leave it now. You're going to waste so much of money. He says, leave it standing. It will give a message to the world that even the monument of Kisra, so strong it was. If the monument was so strong, what was the empire of Kisra? But when the sun of Risala rose, that entire Kisra went away. The whole empire went. The monument was there to stand to tell you know how strong we were once upon a time, but in front of Islam we also collapsed. All collapsed. The light of Nubuwa rose. As it rose, darkness disappeared. And it will remain shining. Darkness will never ever come. The world will see darkness, but it will never bring night. We will live in day till the ending. The light of Nubuwat shines, but the only difference is it is not like the sun. It is like a lantern. It shines in a direction. 
whoever is behind the crevice can't see it. So Karitayat Sahib Rahimullah wrote some of the similarities of a lantern. Think about it, unique it is. He said the sun is such when it rises, whatever the rays of the sun fall, it gives it life. He says Allah's Nabi is depth. On whoever his eye falls, on whoever his dua hits, on whoever his spiritual power hits, whether it was in his lifetime, after he passes away, whether you're in front of his hujra or you're far away in your houses, you say, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam today, as the light of the sun from far hits on Africa, and every part of Africa, it goes deep in the cave, from the heart of the Rasul of Allah, spiritual light hits the entire world. As that light of the sun makes autumn into spring, Allah's Nabi Wasallam's light has created revivers of his Islam, warriors of the deen, soldiers of Islam, one after the other, one after the other. A man goes for Umrah and he comes back and he says, my son wants to become Hafiz of Quran. Since just the other day he was not interested. What happened? He went in front. He made one as-salatu as-salam. Alayka ya Rasulullah. Nabi Wasallam gave one reply back to him. Wa alayk. And upon you also, upon you one entire waterfall fell of mercy. Everything happened. Life comes with the rays of the sun. Life will continue being given by the Nabi of Allah. Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He said, Innama an al-qasim. Wallahu mu'ti. Allah gives and I distribute to the world. That distribution takes place more stronger than the sun. But the sun is one that if man tries to go closer to the sun, as long as you far from it, you will benefit. But if we come too close, we'll all burn. Allah's Nabi Sallallahu was described not the sun like a sun. He is like a lantern. A lantern you can go right close to it. The sun will burn you when you're too close. The lantern will not burn you. It will make you feel warm. The sun, if you say, I want to take your light and bring it in my house, the sun will say, I'll send you my light. But I cannot make you another sun. The lantern makes another into a lantern. The lantern is burning. You took your candle. When you go home, you got your own candle. Allah's Nabi made Sahaba. Not one of them were until they became his. He made them and he made tabi'in. He made the awliya, he made the ulama, he made the ufaz, he made the scholars. If there is any honor, it's not we gave, he gave it to all of us. He made every man who would stand one day and say, وَأَنَّ مِنْ أُمَّةِ Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He is a lantern that you just put it there, you started burning. Lantern. But the point I wanted to mention on which we will now try and come to an end is that you see that lantern will shine in one direction. So like how the bat it wants to remain blind to the light of the sun so it stays in its cave. There will be definitely people in this world who do not want to see the light of Nubuah. Some don't know about it. They grew up in the cave, they are back. And they were never given the chance to come out except at night. So while they in that cave, a bat's nature is it's dirty. It eats dirt, it gives out dirt. From the same passage it gives out dirt, from the same passage it eats. It's filthy in its nature. If you see it flying around, everyone stays away. 
It's blind during the day. Its life is in evil at night. Some of those deaths are evil in nature and the others are ignorant. That they just grow up in the cave. In the world which has not been introduced to the light of Nubuwa, the only reason they are dirty and they'll remain dirty. And they will speak dirt and they will give out dirt. Some are dirty in nature, some are ignorant. In the defense of the Nabi of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam, in South Africa and in non-Muslim countries around the world, let make this intention now. That, O oh Allah, will you allow me to be that soldier of Islam who allows the bat to come out from the cave and I introduce it to the light of Nubuwa. That I want to make an effort to say to the bat, you blind, that there is nothing wrong with the light, but I'm sad about you, you living in dirt. Make this intention, our character is rotten, our businesses are rotten, we are not dies of Islam, we have never brought one person towards Islam. But make an intention that the blind bat, if Allah can use me to open his eyes to the light of Nubuwa, if his eyes open, he'll become a bird after. He will become a bird. And he might even fly higher than me and you. I brought this one article. Many of us perhaps read it already. It happened immediately after the French incident happened. Allah Tawarutullah's unique system he has that that woman who was captive in Mali for about four years. And she came, then the president went to go meet her. And then she never took out her hand for salam. And then she said, no, I'm not uh, Sophia, I'm Maryam. And he got shocked, and perhaps there was cameras there. And media are masters, when they want to forget something, they forgot it like anything. So she wrote a letter to the president after that, this woman. Listen to this letter. And let me and you think about she only saw the light outside the cave and she already sent a message to the other bats. Why don't you also come out? But me and you, may Allah say, forgive us all and may Allah make it change. We have not ever invited the bats to come out of the cave. In the cave, they are going to live in darkness and dirt. And we will feel filthy of the dirt, but we are also responsible that we never once sent a letter in the dirty cave. Then why don't you come out? It's not scary on the outside. It's an enjoyable world here. So she wrote this letter. As we listen to it, make this intention, O oh Allah, let my tongue become the tongue of da'wah. Not only to Muslims, but to non-Muslims that are around. Let my hand become the hand of da'wah. Whatever work that I do, I put something in someone's hand and he says, thank you. He'll say, no, you can't thank me, but actually I'm doing this because my master, Muhammad, he said I must do this. Every time you do a favor, let that word Muhammad, sallallahu alayhi wasallam, come out. The little I can do is I took some water from the well and I'm going to the master to say, I heard there's droughts. And yeah, I got my small share. So she wrote this letter. She says, peace be upon those who followed the guidance. I received that you are in astonishment at how Sophia, a French woman of pure white race, Catholic Christianity, had converted to Islam after 75 years of Christianity 
enduring four years of captivity amongst Muslims. Let me simplify things for you, Mr. Macron. Yes, I was a prisoner of the Muslims, but they never touched me badly. The treatment of me was all appreciation and respect. They used to offer me food and drink and gave me preference over themselves despite the scarcity of resources. They respected my privacy. No one ever subjected me to verbal or physical harassment. They did not insult my religion. They did not insult Jesus or the Virgin Mary. They did not impose Islam on me. But I saw in their morals people who purify themselves with water and pray to the Lord five times and fast in the month of Ramadan. Mr. Macron, the Muslims in Mali are poor, yes, and their country is poor. There is no Eiffel Tower and they do not know our French perfumes, but they are the cleanest of us and the purest of hearts. Yes, they do not own luxury cars and do not inhabit tall towers, but their concern is above the clouds, and their faith is more firmly than the mountains. Mr. Macron, have you heard the recitation of the Quran in your life, while they recite the Quran in their prayers at dawn and at night? How beautiful it is a reading, even if you do not understand what they are chanting, and your body shudders, and your body shudders as you listen to them chanting the words of God, for they memorize it by heart, then you realize in your subconscious mind that this is not a human speech, but rather a heavenly melody descendant from the sky, and you have an intense desire to know the meaning of what they are reciting at dawn and at night. Mr. Macron, have you ever made one prostration in your life for God? And has your head ever touched the ground? Have you ever whispered to your Lord about your worries and thanked Him for your blessings as they do? Have you ever felt the closeness of God to you and your closeness to Him? Mr. Macron, their women are black as charcoal, but their hearts are as white as milk. They wear simple clothes, but in the eyes of their men they are the most beautiful. They do not mix with foreign men. They do not disturb them. One of them does not enter a man into a home in the absence of a husband. They do not drink alcohol. They do not gamble. They do not commit adultery. Mr. Macron, the Muslims, they believe in all the prophets, even the prophet of God, Jesus, whom they love even more than us. They believe in all the prophets, even the prophet of God, Jesus, whom they love even more than us, and his mother Mary, who I named myself after her, because of their great love and honor for her position. Mr. Macron, you might ask me, how can they love Christ more than we do? I answer you, yes, they love Christ more than we do. Because our country shed the blood of the innocent in the name of Christ. Their countries became desolate. Their wealth was plundered. So we enjoy the goods of Muslim countries. We extract the tribute from their rulers in various ways. We impose commercial and consumer products that do not, that we do not develop on them. We spread sedition amongst them. Then we sell them weapons to kill each other. 
but we still regard ourselves as good. We consider them terrorists, whereas they realize that we are the terrorists, not them. But they dealt with me and other hostages with the morals of Christ that we are learning in the churches, but we do not apply in reality. Mr. Macron, in conclusion, I did not want to declare my Islam in Mali so that I would not be said to have converted to Islam in the fear of the sword. I decided to declare my Islam while I was free on the land of France to convey the message of Islam to millions of French and to Europe with its Christian and atheist parts as a whole. Mr. Macron, this is the religion of Islam that you are fighting day and night. It has stirred my heart, it has filled my mind. I no longer see France with its glamorous beauty, the most beautiful of the poor, modest Mali. I even decided to go back again to it. But I will go back after inviting my family and my beloved ones to Islam. Because I want them to taste the sweetness of what I have tasted. From the worship of one and only Allah, for whom there is no God but He, the most gracious, the most merciful, and I want them the goodness of this world and the year after. Finally she writes, I also invite you to Islam and to repeat your accounts with this great religion, which is the message of all the prophets and messengers from the time of Adam, passing through Jesus Christ and concluding with the master of mankind, Muhammad, may the peace and mercy of the Almighty be upon all of them. This is what happens when a bat comes out into the light. May Allah Tabarakullah make that we can remove those bats. Few bats come out of that cave and our work will get done. Let us also carry in our life, make the same mission. That somehow to present a true Islam to the world. Somehow the honor of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is the most honorable. I am honored that he allowed me to take his name. I am honored that he allowed me to say, Wasallallahu ala nabi. I am honored that he allowed me to speak to somebody else about the greatness of Muhammad. May Allah tabarakala honor us with this. May Allah tabarakala keep us on the path of guidance. May Allah tabarakala make us guides for humanity. May Allah tabarakala make us that we appreciate the lamp and the light of Nubuwa. We are able to light our own lantern with that light. And may Allah tabarakallah through our lantern then spread light in the entire world. This is an honor for us. May Allah allow us to live with this honor. May Allah let us die with this honor. May Allah resurrect us in the most honorable of positions in the company close to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Wa akhiru da'wana alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen.